So um, Luke 21, verse 1 to 4 is what we're going to look at this morning for a moment or two. So this is uh, the widow's offering. If you're reading, I'm reading from the NIV, and it reads like this. As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty, put in all she has, all she had to live on. All of the others gave out of their wealth, but she, said Jesus, has put in all that she had to live on. And Jesus commends this amazing lady by saying she's given more than all of the others put together. So we're just going to take this theme this morning, a generous gift the widow's offering, and spend a few moments looking at the practicalities of life. And what, does this, what is the impact of this lady's life? And Jesus highlights this lady's life to his disciples. So there's something in this uh, that the lady did, this widow did, that is vitally important for the life of all believers, I would say. It was his disciples then, and we are disciples now. And in this series in Luke, Follow Jesus, we're looking at being disciples. So what can we do to... What did this lady do that um, Jesus thought was so amazing and then highlights this with his friends and disciples and now would be highlighting the same thing by the power of his spirit here this morning? So a couple of things I want to just add as a bit of background, first of all. So first of all, this, it says, Jesus saw, he lifted his head and it says in verse 1, he saw um, the rich putting in their gifts into the temple treasury. They were in the temple treasury. What was the temple treasury? Where was this? What is all this about? Just for a moment or two. Because it's really important you get a bit of a background to what's going on. Because this is 2,000 years later. This is in the Jerusalem temple, which is now no more. The place of the Wailing Wall. We've been talking about this. It's the place that's just the foundations now. And there's a a, a dome of the rock is built where the Jerusalem temple once was. And the Al-Aqsa Mosque, Mosque, I think, is there now. And uh, But the, the Jews go to the wall, which is the part of the foundations of the temple to this day. But it's a huge, shining, gleaming, white, marble, stone, glistening, incredible temple to the glory of God would have been in the middle of at the temple mount there. And in the treasury, the treasury was in the court of the women. There's the Gentile court, then it goes in a bit closer. There's the women or the ladies' court, then the men had a place. Different in those days. Not, not, they didn't think politically correct like we would today. But anyway, that's the way they had it set up. And then there was the holy place, the holiest of holies. It sort of went gradually in until he got to the place where God was. Well, in, if you actually go out, you go into the, the ladies' court. It's a huge area, probably bigger than this, going all the way round the temple. So it would have been a massive area. And in the ladies' court, the women's court, were, were 13 collection boxes There were 13 stations, as it were, 13 points where offerings were given. And there were these uh, collection boxes placed all around this huge court that went all around, probably as big as this, but all the way around um, uh, the the temple. So it's a huge area. People would be thronging around it with the sun beating down. I think it's hot just lately. The sun would have been beating down. Jesus would have been sitting there, perhaps, uh, after being debating with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and having a bit of a rest and people watching. 
you know, sometimes you can go out for a coffee and people watch. And Jesus, Jesus was probably sitting at that moment, people watching, just watching the world go by. There would have been a throng of people in, in, and, and in this place. The treasury was in this place. There were these boxes, these 13 boxes, uh, large ornate boxes. Um, they called them trumpets because of the, the shape of the, the funnel on, on the box where you would, you would put your money in. You could sort of throw it like that or you could put it in or you could throw it and it would be caught in this funnel and it would go into this box and they were placed all all around and these were collection boxes each assigned for offerings of different degrees and different purpose some for the wood sacrifice the wood for the sacrifice so there was money for that for the wood for the sacrifice um, the incense that was burned on the sacrifice there'd be a collection for paying for the incense and going towards the incense for the sacrifice on the altar the others for the upkeep of the golden vessels they had these amazing golden vessels in the temple and they had to be washed and looked after and kept nice and well, they had to pay for someone to do that and look after it so there was offerings for that offerings for the priests the fabric the upkeep of the whole place there were all these points free will offerings there was 13 different places where you could offer in different places uh, around this whole area let alone there was a temple tax but that's another story we won't go into that one and Jesus was watching people coming in, putting in their offerings. Some of them were throwing them, some of them maybe getting close. And he watched the rich as they put in, or people who had good income for this way. And you could hear the rattle of the money as it clang, clang, clang went into the box. And it was a throng of people. And then he sees this lady. So this is the treasury, that's the place. And then he sees a lady. So we, we read a poor widow. And as Jesus is watching, this poor widow comes by and he says that he observed that she placed two small um, bronze coins in the one of the uh, the offering boxes and um, Jesus said he observed people that were putting clang 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 lots of money going in and then these two little coins popped in without anyone even noticing probably but Jesus the living God noticed at that moment what was going in and then he turned to his disciples and said This poor widow has given, do you realize, has given more. No one observed this. No one saw this. But in those two little coins that she's given, this poor widow has given more than all of these others. All of the others put together, which the disciples are scratching their heads thinking, clang, 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 all this silver going in and a few coins doesn't compute. And then Jesus then says to them, well, it's because they gave out of their abundance but she gave out of her great need, her poverty. This is all that she had. She gave all that she had. They gave and had a lot more when they went home. There was still plenty for them. And he says, this is an amazing thing that's been done. Poor widow. Um, In the East, let me just say this. In the East, a widow, if you were a widow in Eastern culture, and in certain parts of the world, this is true to this day, you'd be destitute. You'd be out on the street, Probably, if you didn't have any family to look after you, you'd be left to die. Places like India, that still happens to this day. That still happens to this day. Uh, You would have had just the clothes on your back. When he says she was poor, she would have been destitute. So there's a double whammy here. One, she was a widow, which meant she had nothing. If you were a widow, you had no husband. And again, it was in those days, completely looked after. Would have been completely looked after. If her husband has gone, there was no family to look after her. She had no one to look after, no money, nothing left on the street to die, basically. Just the clothes on her back. She would have been like a beggar almost in the street. And all she had were these two coins. That would have been her life. 
These little coins weren't worth very much, probably less than a few pennies almost, but she put in her life. Basically, what Jesus was saying is this lady is dropping in her life and giving her whole life to God. That's basically what happened. Now, that little story is only four lines long in the Bible, and it could just go over my head. But in that instance, Jesus takes stop, a freeze frame, and says, she has given everything. And friends, this morning, that's the gist of this story. We can all go home now. We can pack it. Let's go home right this very second. That is the gist of the story. It's a story about giving our very all to God. And in this lady, this is why Jesus commends this lady for this in this way. I know there's levels of poverty in our own nation now. They were saying that there's levels of child poverty has increased. It's, it's increasing. Uh, I don't doubt those things, but there's poverty and poverty. If you go to certain parts of the world and you see someone lying in the street dying and there's absolutely no one going to look after them, pick them up. This is why Mother Teresa went to the place, the, the streets of Calcutta and showed love by taking people out of the, the gutters and giving them life. And uh, this is the picture... This is a lady who's almost in the gutters and gives her whole life. So Jesus startles his followers. So offering outvalued all the offering of the others. As I said, they gave out of their wealth. She gave out of her poverty, all of her need. Um, One writer said she gave sacrificially. The others perhaps were giving recreationally. One writer, one, one commentator looking at this story said... What Jesus was highlighting here was that it it wasn't the amount. It's not the amount. This isn't a story where you can get by on just a little. See, it's the little that counts. That's not what this is about. This story is about the heart. It's the attitude. It's the giving of our all to God. It's not the amount so much because this lady gave a few pennies and to another person, that's nothing. But to her, it was everything. It's the everything. It's the giving of ourselves of everything that counts and this idea of being sacrificial or recreational, is it something we just chug along? I do. Que sera, sera. Go off home. Don't really think about it. She probably really thought about this. This is my whole life I'm giving to you in that one act, that one incredible, amazing act. So what motivates this widow? I, ask the, I think of this story and I ask the question, what motivates? So a bit of background then. And we're just going to look at two things that, that are highlighted, two principles for life that we can live by from this lady's life um, in a moment or two. So what motivates the widow to give her all? You know, um, self-preservation would say, I haven't got much, i better keep hold of what I've got. In the crash of 2008, it was a case of run for the hills, doom and gloom, keep hold of what you've got. If you haven't got much, keep hold of it because you're going to lose the lot. It's called human self-preservation. Something kicks in in the human spirit. It's not wrong to look after yourself. But, the, but so with this lady, you could say that human preservation should kick in, really. She's got the clothes on her back. She's probably lying in the street. She could be dead and dying. She, for all we know, she, you know that, that she was in need, great need. And yet she gives everything. What, what motivated her to do that? Because self-preservation says, keep it, you need it. Another thing would be, 
No one was looking other than Jesus. So what she was doing, no one was watching her. There was no one to impress. There was no one to say, hey, everybody, look at me. I've got absolutely nothing, and I'm giving everything. You know, I'm, I'm really, I'm a really devout Christian. I'm a really devout Jew. I'm really, really religious. I'm really going to live for God. No one was watching. She didn't know who was watching. In actual fact, she would have been a nobody in that part of the world. No one would have looked at you. Everybody would have stumbled past her. So nobody to impress, no one to watch. So there's several things that come from this story that I would suggest to you that are important for our life. Number one, the kingdom of God is about attitude. Attitude is everything. The first thing I'd say is this. In this story, it's about an amazing attitude, an incredible heart. And the kingdom of God is about attitude. It's about heart. And so when Jesus turns around and says, look at this woman, she's given everything, it's a couple of little pennies, and I found out that those little pennies were worth, worth less than a, a quarter of a today's penny. I know money, 2,000 years ago, value and everything. But it was a pittance, really. But to her, it's everything. A bit of bread. And um, so attitude in the kingdom of God is everything. Jesus says, look at her. She's given everything. It's about heart. Attitude and heart. So when I speak of attitude, I mean heart. The heart, our human heart is everything. God looks at the heart. We're called to humble our hearts. God doesn't look on the outside, but looks at the heart, what's on the inside. You know, it's not law, it's love at the end of the day. It's not, we're not called to be grudging, but generous. This lady was incredibly generous. Nobody to watch her. She didn't have to put the money in. There was no one to watch her. No one was ordering her. She could have just walked on by. This was hers after all. And so she just gives it all away. How incredibly generous. And yet she was in complete poverty. Surely if you're in poverty, you just keep hold of what you've got. But she gives it all away. Incredible heart, an amazing woman. So she's generous, not grudging. This wasn't under compulsion. She didn't have to do it that day. There's nothing indicated in the, in the story that this was something she had to do. It appears that this was a free will thing that she did. So it wasn't law, love. There's something of heart, of generosity, of love. I say this because in John chapter 3, verse 16, God models something that this woman practiced. In John 3, 16, some immortal words, some amazing words, we read, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. Love is the motivation of the heart. God loves us so much that he gives his one and only the very best. Heaven is not a free gift. It's paid by the blood of Jesus Christ, the very best. Of course, it's a free gift. It's grace. We're given freely. But Jesus gives all. Generosity. So generosity is based on love. And God models this with his son, Jesus, who would go to the cross after this, would go to the cross and give his all. Not law, but love. Not grudging, but generous. And so the, this, this first aspect is of Attitude, the heart, our attitude is everything. One of the things that I first learned about my Christian walk is about my heart before God. If your heart isn't right with God, if it's not right with another Christian or another believer or another person, someone in your family or someone nearby or someone in your past, if the heart's not right, it will affect us terribly. And this lady comes with an open, generous, incredible heart. I believe it was a heart 
full of love, full of love for God. She gives into the temple. For God so loves the world that he gave his one and only son. Jesus models that and wants us to model that same love for God. Love for Jesus. Love for his church. I'm amazed at how some believers, they don't even like the church that they're in. So I say to them, well, why do you stay in it? Sorry for the high-pitched screech then. <laughs> love. Love for God. Love for Jesus. Love for the Holy Spirit. Love for the church that you're in, whichever one that is, wherever you are. Love for each other. Love for the world. Love. Our heart. Our attitude of love. Of generosity of heart. Second, so the second thing is this. And this woman displayed that as she, no one watching, not under compulsion, free will giving. Second thing is, so if heart and attitude is, is the first thing, the second thing is this. Generosity of heart involves sacrifice. So love is the first thing, a heart of love. And the second thing that we see with this lady is sacrifice, a heart of sacrifice. Generosity of heart involves sacrifice. For God so loved the world that he gives generosity, his one and only son, sacrifice. You know, love and generosity will involve at some place in our lives some form of sacrifice, giving Giving in, giving up, giving over, forgiving. I don't know what that might mean to you. But it would involve some form of sacrifice at times. Those two coins were everything that she had to live on. They were everything. Probably the last bit that she had. And she gave it. She sacrificed it. The idea of sacrifice is this idea of total surrender of self to God. Our ultimate sacrifice is to give our lives over to God himself, to Jesus Christ. To become born again is to say, I give you my life, God. I give you my life, Jesus. I give you my life, Holy Spirit. Forgive me for living for myself. I believe that Jesus has paid the price to bring me into relationship with God the Father. I give you my life. As he gave his life, I now give you mine. Because of his life, I can now give you mine. That is the sacrifice. God calls us to give our all, ultimate, everything, our sacrifices. So sacrifice has this idea of total surrender of self to God. And then secondly, trusting God's provision. If we're going to give our all, we need to be people that can trust God to provide. Oh, I've got to keep that back. Oh, I can't, I can't give all of that love away. But if, if, we give it, if we give ourselves, we give ourselves, we give ourselves, then we have to be in a place where we can trust God to provide also into our lives. So there's this idea of sacrifice, has this idea of completely giving ourselves to God and secondly, trusting in his, his, his provision into our lives. There's this idea of sacrifice. One writer, I, I came across a, a, a writer, there's a little debate who, who wrote this. Some say it's Winston Churchill, others say it's not Winston Churchill. But one writer wrote this, uh, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. We make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. A man called Peter Marshall, uh, a great uh, teacher and thinker, said this, the measure of a life is not its duration, but its donation. The measure of a life is not its duration, but it's donation by what we give, how we give. We give our lives. We invest our lives into our family, our homes, our friends, the Lord Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God, the world around us. We give, we donate, we give our whole lives. 
you know, we're always call, called to be an organ donation and sign up for, to, to give, give something of ourselves to, to the greater good of someone else that they might live. And Jesus gave and donated, gave his whole very life that we might live. And he calls us to do the same now. Give our lives so that the world may live and know that Jesus lives. The measure of a life is not its duration, but in its donation. And so this lady, therefore, modeled that. Because of she was gave out, she had nothing left. She was trusting God to provide. She was giving her everything, sacrifice. She was doing it out of a great heart, love. And so you and I today, so Jesus then says, guys, friends, disciples, fellow followers of me, that's Jesus, but fellow followers as we now follow him today, this is the way that we are to walk. Jesus says, you are my disciples. If you hear my words and obey them, don't matter how many songs we sing, if we hear his words and obey them. A man called Isaac Watts, uh, we're going to take communion together as we close and... um, a man called Isaac, Isaac Watts wrote a, a, a great hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. And the, uh, there's a number of verses, and one of the last verses reads like this. Talk about giving, giving our hearts. Listen to this. It's a very well-known hymn. And um, it says, Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were an offering far too small, love so amazing, so divine, Demands my soul, my life, my all. I'm, I'm a firm believer in being relevant and contemporary. So hence, we have a contemporary, relevant style of worship and music and songs. But I also love the amazing, incredible heritage, Christian heritage and hymns that we have as well. And so I, I, Isaac Watts, rather, wrote amazing words because he understood what it is to love and give, to love and sacrifice Were the whole realm of nature mine, he writes, that were an offering far too small. Love so amazing, the love of Christ on the cross, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. On that day, that lady gave her very all. Jesus paid it all for you and I. He did it all. He models sacrifice, love, and generosity. Shouldn't we? Shouldn't we? Shouldn't we also, therefore, there follow our living Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. We're going to take communion together. And as we close now, this morning, uh, we share these principles of life that this lady lived. Can we just pray together just for a moment? And so as we take communion this morning, we're going to encourage you. This is an open table. The bread represents the body of Christ broken for us on the cross that we might be made whole when he was resurrected. The cup represents the blood of Jesus spilt for us by his blood. He pays a great price so that we might be healed this morning. This great sacrifice, this great love for you and I is a living sacrifice because he's alive today. So too we may know this living love in our lives And as we take this bread and take this cup this morning, I'm going to invite you to come forward row by row to take the bread and then to take the cup row by row. And as you do that, you'll be saying, you gave your life for me, I'm going to give my life afresh to you. We will refresh, renew our desire to say, Lord, as this lady loved you and sacrificed her life for you, I love you. 
and I'm going to give my whole life to you. That's what we'll be doing. Jesus did that for us, so we're going to come forward in a moment or two and do that for him. Should we stand together? We're going to sing this amazing hymn together, and as we're singing it, we'd like you to come forward row by row. Take the bread, take the cup, then go back to your row, and then right the way from the front to the back, and you can go either side and begin to do that and serve and as we do that, let's with our hearts say, you gave it all for me, I'm going to give it all to you. I'm going to live a life for God with my whole heart. Let's do that together as we sing this in Jesus' name.